Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Precision Unloaded podcast. This is our 12th episode. I'm joined again by my co-host Mark and we have a bunch of topics pre-organised by Mark tonight and I have not prepared so we'll see how this goes. Anyway Mark, how are you? <laughs> Don't be so... <clears throat> it's not very confident. <clears throat> Just because I made up the episode... <clears throat> Well, agenda, maybe, no, list, no, I don't know what it is, but anyway, we'll give it a go, we'll see yeah. how we go. I'm good, I'm good. Um, so we'll start it off by what's been happening this week in shooting, Graham, what have you been doing? Uh, I'll be, well, the rain sort of put a stop in the, the early um, early darkness we get, the start of winter, put a stop after work shooting, but uh, most of the weekend was spent both doing some pest control with the 2-2. Uh, went out for a possum hunt. Um, that plasticky Howard thing. With the Howard, yes, the Howard 110. And, but also I took my 260 Sorry. along because the again. block down the road Love it. has, yes, the block down the road has a few, quite a few wild fellow deer running around that I was hoping to, uh, again, this is a, a private block, um, shoot a half a dozen of those and I've seen absolutely zero deer, which is strange. Um, I don't often get the invite out there, so I was quite excited, and it was a bit, a bit of a bust. But we shot a few possums, which was cool. Um, that's always good practice. Uh, bit of, well, you know, offhand shooting and um, and kneeling and the like with two two. And then most of the other spare time in the weekend was spent uh, working on a a hand load for the two two three with the seventy three grain ELDM projectiles. Um, I've got it pretty good. I, I I need to tickle it a bit better or We'll do something to bring the extreme spread down below um, 20. But uh, anyway, other than that, yeah, just all short range, shooting paper, and then shooting possums. And that, that about summed up my, uh, since we last talked anyway. No, no, that's good. <clears throat> um, I had a visit to sell the taxpayers another rifle, so that was great. <laughs> um, my Troy PAR 223. Um, oh, Okay. Went to the great crusher in the sky. So you voluntarily uh, surrendered your firearm with the threat of um, prison time. No, they rang it? me. Oh, yes. Oh, we here. See, you've got this gun. Oh, how do you know that? Oh, because the... Anyway. <clears throat> so they booked me in months ago for this appointment. So I turned up and um, said sayonara to that rifle. So. Yep. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think much of them. The PAR, not the police. I'm the PAR. It's good. Um, Do you want to keep your license? God. Yeah, I'll keep my license. No, no. Um, this is all satirical. I, anyone listening? Thanks. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think a lot of them personally. Um, they were kind of. Uh, hey, it worked as a reserve gun at Toronto. Yes. Yeah, it went really well. <laughs> I um, I've got a collector's license. So I plan on just buying an M16. That, that's sort of my way of dealing with um. The loss of, of, yeah. of our ARs, but anyway, okay. Well, that's that's sad to see that gun go then, eh? Um, but it was interesting. I think I've seen you shoot it twice. I think because uh, the police were delayed by a track accident at what is it down Waitotra Way. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I ended up sitting in the <clears throat> waiting room of the police station with an old guy from somewhere who had a Troy PAR, and the other guy had a Troy PAR as well. Young guy, so. And they're all some very interesting stories about why they brought them and what they got them for. And they thought, oh, well, now I've got my semis taken off me, I'll get this instead. And then they're like, what? (laughs) 
what? Anyway. <laughs> Don't know how much these things suck. The silver lining is I had a 1 to 10 Artabal X scope on it. And mm-hmm. I've just transferred that onto my 22. And it is awesome. It's excellent. Perfect scope. Onto the Chris. It. Yeah. It's a semi-auto yep. 22. So um, it's a mill reticle with hash marks and everything. All that sort of garbage. So, <clears throat> And the turrets are basically pop up and dial. So it will be actually quite useful. I'll give it a try anyway. It's a competition type muck around gun. So... <clears throat> It's cool. a good scope. FF, FFP and mil? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And one to ten power, so it's, yeah. It's a, it'll, obviously, I use it for possum shooting all the time, so um, that's good because you can basically just wind it right back. I'm just waiting for possum a few. shoot and then wind it up, shoot 200 meters. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. That's a good idea. I mean, we've, we've, this isn't one of our topics for tonight, but we always sort of no. head off down to that's the path. This like, week in shooting. Talk, <laughs> yeah, talking to the. Um, uh, I mentioned in the last podcast about you needing a new trigger, so the importer contacted me and said they're going to try sort of trigger or something. Who knows where that'll go um, if they can get one in. So hopefully an improved trigger for the uh, the Chris might um, become available at some point to us. But yeah, well, they are sending they are sending me some because um, it's, it's an M lock four end, right? Mm-hmm. But it's weirdly um, the slots aren't uniform. Oh well, yeah. Aren't <clears throat> probably normal so i've got oh god m-lock pick rails that won't fit it so i've actually had yeah. to get a couple of them so i can actually then mount the laser sideways and upwards <clears throat> yeah which means then i can put a bipod underneath on the pick rail that's on the bottom so ah uh, good He's trying to but that, imp- that improves the laser anyway because previously the laser was underneath and the scope's on top so it's just way apart you know it just makes the convergence of the two really annoying whereas if, yeah. if you have the laser up the side it's closer to the scope plane if you follow my drift so just just for those wondering why mark has a laser on his 22 uh, this is actually quite a fancy one um it's well you wouldn't want to shine it in someone's face because they'll um obviously if it wasn't bolted to a firearm um, because it would have been, I think it will blind you. This thing's that powerful, isn't it? It's not um, flash. It's a green laser, and it's quite grunty. Yeah, wow, so. wow, it goes a long way. And, and we wish, um, <laughs> you can you can use it to shoot possums at fifty meters with just the laser as your um, yeah. as your yeah. reference point. That, that's how good it is. Um, and yeah, okay. So the, what the interesting thing about the Chris, they were they were asking me if I wanted to borrow one <laughs> to shoot at the event, either one of those or the um, the vector. The vector. <laughs> And, and yeah, so we mean you could have a semi-automatic shoot off. But, uh, Fair enough. Whether that'll happen, we'll see. But um, uh, uh, trying to convince me to give up my my um, bolt action ticker um, for a precision twenty-two event is a hard ask. But I know they're accurate enough. It's just whether the trigger's going to be up to the job. But um, no. But after doing that speed challenge thing a few times, I do. You know, the as long as the semi's functioning well, mm-hmm. it, <clears throat> it does take a lot of. T- takes one thing out of the equation, so maybe a, a crappy trigger isn't so bad. I mean, I'm just yep. just saying there's a trade-off, but yeah, and, and you're not you're also not uh, inclined like a lot of shooters are inclined to remove their face from the gun when loading the bolt, which is a big no-no. Um, to if you're trying to re- do repeat accuracy, so if you can keep your face on the firearm and all you have to do is reset your finger rather than lifting your hand, running the bolt, potentially lifting your face off the gun. 
um, yeah, there's, there's certain advantages to it um, for sure, uh, especially when uh, wind can affect a 22 so much inside a short distance, whereas with a center fire at 200 meters, not really a big deal. Yeah. No, no, fair enough. Anyway, mm. that was this week in shooting. Uh, oh, the other one this we, week in shooting. The other one we did was we finally got the Element Optics Titan scope set up on my mate's rifle, the cheap budget mm -hmm. build. So, and um, I was really impressed with that. I'll talk about it later. But um, yeah, anyway, <clears throat> um, pretty pleased with that for the price. It's an excellent, yes. excellent optic. So. Yeah, so I've got one here too, so it would be good to yak about the uh, the Titan actually. Anyway, next on the subject is um, rangefinders, because a bit of chatter lately about um, the new Vortex Fury HD 5000 with applied ballistics, or AB. Oh yes, AB in it. Um, <clears throat> they've added another couple of letters and an extra number, so I think there's yep. a Vortex 4000, is it, that people might have had already? Uh, mm -hmm. But anyway, this one hooks up with the smartphone, yada yada, all the stuff. So essentially, you can put in your data for your round, your rifle, ballistics, and everything. And it does angle. It's got atmospheric sensors and all that sort of jazz in it. So anyway, I just <clears throat> a lot of people seem quite keen on them, and at a price, uh, it's about three grand, I think, for one of those two nine 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 five, or maybe two seven if you're lucky. Um, and the feedback seems pretty, people are pretty excited about them. Oh, obviously, they're, they're very good range on them, so I'm not sure what you've heard about them. To, to be honest, uh, range finding binoculars is something that is very interesting to me, but I have very little knowledge in. So um, it's one of those areas where I'm keen to learn a lot more because there is talk of competitions coming up. Um, obviously, obviously, the hunting aspect of it, but competitions coming up where you have to... Um, uh, find range and then engage your targets so yeah and under a set time limit so if you can you know find them with binoculars then you have to transition to your range finder and do your dope but if, if you have a set of the um the vortex or Leica or whatever that are reading back to your telephone or to your telephone to your smartphone <laughs> or to your orchestral <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry hold on my, well, my, my range finder is ringing me. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but yeah, if, you know, and that's just a, a quicker way of getting that data and um, and then being able to take that shot. Uh, those That type of competition really interests me. Hopefully there's something coming up that does that. And if not, maybe we'll come up with something that does that in the future. Yeah. To add all that other shit we're doing. Um, I mean... But so, the, yeah, this is this is really not a game changer, but it's a another tool that eliminates several tools and does it better, I think. Yeah, I be, I'd be keen to hear so. people what think if anyone's got one already or using one. Because at, um, yeah, three grand, it's the price of premium binoc binoculars alone. But plus you get, yeah, all that other computing power in it um, to do it. And I've obviously used, and I've got two BDX scopes with the SIG BDX rangefinder so and my rangefinder does 1800 meters no problem in terms of ranging distance so and i found that to be excellent i mean it talks to the scope but um these are in particular you basically could just chuck it in your smartphone for each for the rifle you're using basically and away you go so mm -hmm. looks very interesting and you're up against i guess you got the steiner there's a night hunter 
laser rangefinding binocular. Then there's Leica. Got about three models. The Ajeevid ones. Yeah, Zeiss do a nice one too. But then you're getting. Uh, in, I'm going <clears> to <throat> say something. I'm seeing. You're getting I'm into. You're getting into four grand. Um, and then the one I I really like is the Swarovski EL range ten by forty two, and they have. Yep. <laughs> their killer app is a tracking assistant so essentially it'll give you the gps location or a location of where you ranged when you shot the animal so say if you're looking across a valley at a deer you range it and then say whatever you shoot it it'll actually give you the it'll feedback the data to give you where you shot when you range that animal so you can actually go yep. and locate the animal which is quite cool i thought that's actually it is very cool yeah Especially for guys hunting in the mountains and um, yeah, it's only all the extra, stuff I plan to do. Extra couple yeah. of grand. I mean, it's only five thousand. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm looking at this like a shootout between all the brands here. Yeah, um, and the Steiners. God, they look horrendous. The LRF seventeen hundred. They look like they're out of a Soviet war documentary. Oh come but, on! Um, Just because of the cur- curved eye cup thingies. Yeah, and the weirdness of little doohickeys. Uh, like I've got Steiner binoculars and they're great, and I'm sure these are excellent. You obviously hate French cars, good. don't you? The Steiner French, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. I don't know. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know. I, I, yes, I don't like French cars, but I, lo- I like French firearms. Fair and enough. they are ugly. Um, exactly. Yeah, so. <laughs> now, one thing I've, I've sort of noticed with rangefinders and um, both rangefinders and now rangefinder binoculars, people are obsessed with having a super long. Um, yeah, how far can I range? Yeah, and okay, for some people that is important, uh, like literally important, like they need it. Um, like e- even us, we need to be able to range out to a couple of k for what we 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 are doing and what we're trying to do. Yeah, <clears throat> but for, for the average the average guy, um, I don't think you need five thousand meter capability for ninety percent of people. Um, not the average guy. Yeah, well, no, and, and if you want it, get it for sure. I'm not going to yeah. tell you what you can do, yeah. but um. Don't be put off if something only ranges to fifteen hundred meters, like because that's um, heaps. <laughs> yeah, I know it's heaps. There. <clears throat> and like, if yeah, um, everyone's uh, idea on what's an ethical shot is different. There's no rules around it, right? But um, like fifteen hundred meters on game animals, me personally, I don't think that's a responsible shot. Um, but hey, but other people might, so that's that's fine. Um, uh, yeah. Don't, and when, don't. And when I was younger, I took some silly shots at thousand meters on on game, um, and I just lucky enough that I hit you know so it's not something I'd try doing now but anyway but I yeah these Zeiss look pretty cool actually Zeiss Victory 10 to 42 sounds like but it runs to the Zeiss sounds like you've been brought out there Graham (laughs) 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 no 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 Uh, they won't send me a pair of these I'm guaranteed oh okay fair enough yeah you never know I might get some on trial for a year and then get the next model on trial for a year and just keep doing that well that's the thing because they keep upgrading them so I mean I'd be disappointed that the you know the Vortex Fury 6000 will come out next year and I'm like <laughs> oh, oh man I've only got the 5 oh, man I've only got 5000 <laughs> what am I going to do but anyway so I, I think I think for me like because my hunting big expedition type trips when I say an expedition for me is nothing like what um, some people is but I could see that uh, a rangefinder may not going to be incredibly handy in that situation. Yeah. Um, to obviously, I mean, they're a little bit heavier, but it's just that one tool, um, and you don't have to worry about dropping your small rangefinder. And then also for um, practical field shooting, um, it's 
yeah it's just that's because i see that becoming more of a thing is that um having to range your own target in your time and build your dope um, or at least i hope it's going to be a thing so um, yeah which is something i when i because i'm only recent to the to this the you know the, the competition thing um is that actually all the all the distances are given so it becomes like superfluous to need it but then obviously yeah when you win <clears throat> we've always got Although, the pe- always got the people who come along and go well oh, i don't think those distances are correct and so they- here, here's a here's a here's a little <laughs> secret um uh, of, of what happens when we're setting up so we when we set up so the last major event was uh, our rtd long range challenge back in feb we had three range finders yeah all range finding the target and so we're getting an average off it um so we and you so between different brands, you're going to get, say, it's 700, 800, 900 meters. You're going to get a meter difference or guys are shooting just behind the target. But we are getting an average and we're not just shooting it once. We're shooting it um, half a dozen times each or more. And um, and we, we build a number off that. So you can be pretty sure what Simon writes down on those cards is within, like, definitely within a meter. Um, some guys think it's 20 meters past or 30 meters past or they've got their rangefinder set to yards when they're meant to be in meters and they... Who's I've oh, never, it doesn't never match, done that? But, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you could be. But hey, if guys feel free to range and um, check the um, distances for sure. But I never ever check what Simon um, ranges, and unless we are again both verifying distances. But yeah, there's a lot of care taken in that. That's for sure. Anyway, right. Well, that's <clears throat> the Fury HD five thousand AB. Topic um, one. Binoculars Graham can't afford. Done. Right, what's next? New stuff that may be out and people should tend to send us some feedback. Um, <clears throat> just we were talking about 2K, setting up a 2K range last week, you see. So, And then I got the depressing news today that someone managed to shoot 2.35 miles in a competition. And What's that in metres? Uh, yeah, I'll do it while you talk. I'll go 4,000 something yards. <clears throat> Which is not in meters either, so no, I've got to convert it. So that that piqued my interest. So I was like, "What's he using? What was it?" It was a a thirty three XC, which I'd never heard of. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm assuming. Well, well, I know the extra XC stands for extra capacity. So it's essentially a three three eight Lapur Magnum cartridge, which has been lengthened and can take about. 125 grains of powder I mean it holds more water but um, essentially once you set it the bullet yeah that's about as much powder you can get into it so it can fling 300 grain bullets between 3100 and 3400 feet per second so um, so I was quite interested just to see what he was using and the type of rifle all that sort of jazz so um, GA Precision Rifle, Defiance, Deviant Action, never heard of it. Man is yep. F-Class Stock, you may have heard of that, Graham. Yep. Yep. And a 35-inch barrel. 35-inch barrel. Yeah, Bartman. So this this was obviously an extreme long-range competition. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. They were like, okay. you know, they were getting knocked out at 2,000-odd yards sort of thing, so... Yeah. Um, and he had a Night Force ATAC R seven to thirty five. So, um, with with a prism on the end of it, obviously. So. <clears throat> yeah, the elevation. Wow. 
Yeah, so for a shot like that, it was, what did they say, nine and a half seconds flight time for 4,000. So did you say 2.35 miles? Yeah, 4,137 yards. 3,781.9584 meters. <laughs> so yeah. 82. Yeah, if you if you were born in the 90s, that's the yeah. what we understand. Um, yeah. That is a long way, especially in a competitive environment. Yeah. Um, wow, that's uh, yeah, <laughs> man. Like you say, we we were getting all uh, excited about um, pushing out past a mile to two k's or a little bit further. And, yeah, and furthest impact in the LR competition ever, supposedly. So, um, with three hundred grand A tips. So, yeah. Oh, nice. So, anyway, it just piqued my interest because it was um, new this week. Um, so, what next? We have to build a 4,000 metre range. Yeah, I was looking at the... We're going to have to shoot from your neighbour's farm. The wind drift was 90 feet, so go with 30 metres, say. So, over that distance. So, it's not bad. So, similar to a 308 at 500 metres. But we had to dial the scope back to 17 power to be able to, you know do the holdover to get, okay, yeah. to get the range like we did with the 3006 <clears throat> yeah so yeah anyway it's just uh, quite interesting so, something to aim for eh literally and figuratively <laughs> for, uh, <laughs> yeah I'm just yeah. battling to work out where we'd fire that to get across there we'd have to talk to about, be across we'd have to talk, the, talk to three neighbours and talk to them nicely to get to get that range so well, all we need from them is one small paddock to shoot out of. Yeah. Don't we? yeah it's, just got to, it's just got to head over several large farms. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, hey, you never know, um, but I, yeah, I doubt that for us anyway at the moment. Um, yeah, it'd be cool though. That, that is impressive shooting though. Then, um, yeah. Because I see some of these videos out of different parts of the world and they'll, they'll sort of shoot all day and they'll shoot 100 rounds or 200 rounds and they'll have a massive target the size of a car or bigger yeah this was six um, by six six foot by six foot so oh yeah yeah that's i, I kind of like the australian guys this um, mark and sam they, they used a 24 inch target for everything so when they were doing their 5k oh, attempts, right they still had a 24 inch target <laughs> and his, his, his rounds were just landing ar- around the target like it just couldn't hold no at five thousand meters it couldn't hold an accurate enough group yeah um, so if he said if I had lucked and hit it, it would have been chance. But his group was just too big, and around it. But he wants what I like is instead of okay, he's going well, okay, I could go with a forty-eight inch target, right? Yeah. Double my size, still an incredible shot, still smaller target than everyone else. But it's not what he wants, and I think it's pretty pretty cool that he's trying to. Um, like that's a small target, man. Like this, this what we use at a mile, and they're, they're trying to do it at five thousand meters or something. So yeah, yards might have been, but. But yeah, um, we've got a ways to go, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> for our, even our, our long-range ambitions, but we learn some guys overseas. Oh, no, it's good. It sort of makes 2K sound like not far, so that's good. <clears throat> it gives you some, <laughs> some false confidence. <clears throat> yeah, so are you going to rip whip the barrel off your um, 338 and change it to an XC barrel? No, it's a remit, that's all. Just get... Well, yeah, we'll send it to Ian and uh, yeah. swap it out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll convert all your brass buy some dyes and we'll still miss the target yep and I'll have to remortgage the house farm, farm, farm to pay for it <clears throat> yeah so yeah. no maybe, maybe I'll just stick with 338 <clears throat> yeah 
Yes, for, for now. We'll, and we've got bits for and now. pieces of We may have a 375 JTAC turning up one day. So we'll stick with that. But apparently that was developed because the 375 was too expensive. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming it needs custom larger presses even wouldn't it or not I yeah know. same with the 50 yeah yeah that's what i mean yeah it's that same thing yeah yeah all right that's um that and then on to our product spotlight i just want to talk about the first impressions of the titan element optics titan 5 to 25 scope that um we got set up this week so we've done the budget build due to the rifle so the hower 1500 action and the TSPX stock so um, so it arrived last week and we got it set up and sighted in um, my first impressions you know it's a it's quite a hefty scope obviously it's a big big beast 1100 grams so just over a kilo um, 34 mil tube all that sort of you know it's got it was a mil one so it's, it's got 23 mils of adjustment um, but the big thing was looking at the, at the glass itself, and at full power, it was pretty impressive. So, you know, we were up at the, the hut looking across 900 metres, and um, often scopes that I've got at full power are not that crash hot. You know, the, yep. you, you dial them back a bit to get the better image, or, you know, just to 20 power, say, for a 27 or 25 power. And this thing um, was really nice at at full power so that to me um immediately said yeah, it's, it's nice glass the guy that i build and get it set up for he, he thinks it's great um we know it was slightly the wrong reticle just a straight post with you know hash marks no christmas tree type setup so but that's all right because yep. you're always dialing, oh, that's what i prefer yeah because yeah, you're dialing the range anyway so your, your wind holds always going to be on the on the horizontal plane so it's not like in general for that gun and the way it's set up it's never going to be you're never going to be having to hold a lot below you know for the wind mm. below that so the christmas tree thing's not really a problem so yeah but not just to impress i liked the zero stop um setup the way it's basically easy to to change around um basically just take it off i actually just whipped the zero stop ring off got it sighted in adjusted it and then put it back in again um, when we're all ready to go, basically, and away we went. So, um, I mean, it's probably the <laughs> the tenth different zero stop type system you got to read the manual for, but um, this one's quite basic and simple in my mind. So, yeah, it was pretty intuitive without having to actually go online and look at it. So, which some of them aren't. Mm. I'm not sure what you've yep. thought, Graham. So yeah, this is a big. I've, I've... I've got a review, uh, 95% written on the scope. That'll be yeah. my, my website. I keep promising that it'll be released soon, which isn't quite happening as quick as I'd like. Um, yeah, I've been playing with one for a little while. Um, and I've recently purchased one for a very similar build to what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah the other half of the budget build sort of thing we're doing. And funnily enough, both of the rifles turned out near exactly the same with just different stocks. <laughs> Everything else is the same, but um yeah no uh in that price back bracket um they are probably one of the top contenders for um that price bracket that's for sure punching above their weight um like like mark said 34 mil tube 50 56 mil objective um nice big turrets nice and clear yeah parallax 
Um, uh, I've done a tracking test on the one I've got here. It's performed great. Um, so, yeah, really, if, if, if sticking in that, that budget, I say budget. 1500 bucks, um, yep. Yeah, like it's, okay, 1500 bucks, 1500 bucks, but in the scope game, that's not particularly a, a huge amount. So No. Um, I, I would, to put it, sum it up easy, I would run one in a competitive competition with, without any issues. Um, no. I'd, I'd be happy to. It's not going to be the scope that lets me down, to, to put it bluntly. No, um, and it comes with the sunshade and everything as well. So, I mean, for a lot of scopes that I've bought, that don't even come with caps. Yep, caps there's, oh, there's uh, rubber lens caps. covers as well. Yeah, and, and, yep. yep. Speaking of, side note, mm. do you, I, I really need to buy some caps for my Delta. I, I never run caps for competitions, and it rains and dust blows, and I think, man, I should get some of those. Do you run them on any of your competition guns? Uh, only oh, the nice pop-up Tenebrex ones? Only the 338, which came with them, with the, um, it's an NX8 yeah, scope, so it had them already, already, so. Oh, okay. Uh, what other ones? No, obviously, oh, the Hunter Class Sarko has got a ATAC-R on it, and that's got pop-up yeah. caps as well, which once again came yeah. with it, so, but have yeah. I brought them to add on? No, that's the thing, I've never actually brought caps to add to a scope to check on the end. I'm, I'm just thinking... I find them a pain in the ass, to be fair. So do I, so do I, 100%. I freaking do, because you get down in the down. But um, I just, we've got a couple hunter, uh, sorry, winter events coming up. Yeah. As they become, um, as our, um, as, as our calendar fills up with more and more events, which is pretty cool. Um, but I'm just thinking, you know, in the rain and uh, and that, uh, I've, I, I should we shot Tarada probably about the year before I started hanging out with you all the time and it rained and rained and rained to the point where I had a whole roll of toilet paper in my bag and I was carefully trying to keep it dry and then before a stage I'd have to like remove this huge amount of water that would be on and my... And you were busting for a shit because I've got no toilet paper left. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it was that wet. I was that rained that much, it didn't matter. You know, I just washed straight away. No, but um, but so because you've got to carry your firearm in a safe direction, right? And when there's people around, it's going to be down or up. So pointing the muzzle up, uh, the objective is going to fill up, right? And yeah, and that, that, that's down, a key, yeah, a key difference. Because when I'm wandering around the farm, I'll just walk around with the scope so it doesn't get rain on it, right? So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm by myself, whatever. But no, you're right. And as soon as you've got to go safe direction in terms of with other people around, yeah, you suddenly, yeah, you just, you look down it and you're looking down a blurry drain pipe, basically, so. Yeah. Uh, so that that's, uh, um, it's just something I've been thinking about lately. Um, and I really need to get on to ordering some. I assume you just order them directly for the objective size. Um, but I'll. I, yeah, well, that's I what I was thinking was buy, buying, a, buying a few different ones just because they basically fit. If you've got enough of, you know, if you've got half a dozen, you'll fit virtually every scope you've got. So um, if you, unless you want to just leave them on. But yeah, I think actually Vortex sell a bunch too. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, it's something uh, for. <laughs> Everyone listening is probably going, you just buy them from here, you idiots. <laughs> You've got so many scopes. Well, send us some um, feedback for once, would you? <laughs> yeah, call us idiots in the feedback hotline. Um, no, so, okay, yeah. So, but irregardless, we're talking about the element optics. Um, yep. Titan, uh, but anyway, we'll do a bit yeah. more. We've got to basically march it out to a K and things, and we've done basically stuff out to 500 metres with it, and it's, um, you know, we, we're... Ballistic, I'd basically just put an estimated, because we'd never chronograph, so I've used estimated 
bullet speed and everything from another gun but anyway that's fine but it's, it's tracking real well and um the only hiccup we had was my mate who's half blind basically um couldn't work out to dial exactly what i told him so <clears throat> nah miss 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 and then i went down well you've got you bloody three out you idiot anyway so does, does b2 need glasses does he uh yeah pretty much oh he's not gonna wear those anyway but once again, I'm still I'm now more sold on mill than MOA. To be fair, just just saying because yeah, yep. It's that's actually an interesting thing though because he he comes from a background where there's only dialing scopes of VX five. Correct. Um, I'm surprised you went with mill. No, I, just, I, I well, I just went for my own experience, and once I've used a couple, I I generally now prefer mill regardless. So just yeah, no. So, agreed. Um, agreed. It is superior. It's just lower. The, the, yeah. Anyway, the number, the number of arithmetic is easier, basically. Smaller know. numbers. Yeah. 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 Smaller and, numbers. And, and that's why it works so well. Um, the difference in terms of clicks is virtually nothing. So you know, whatever. It's just, just giving you a number. So the the the, the app or whatever is giving you a figure. It doesn't matter if it's MOA or mil, but just mil is. For most of the shooting we do, you're getting a lot less numbers to, t to get in your head around turning the chart around. So It would be very hap um, very handy if you converted your competition guns to mill. Because <laughs> so we, we shoot together all the freaking time. No. To convert things to MOA. Oh, I've, never, no, I've, never, I've never made a mistake yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Famous well, what am I saying? I've made heaps of mistakes, but... Um, not as many that, as me. That, the the looking in and get yeah I've never actually mixed up between MOA and mill when you know, when it's in like the straddle cap or whatever so yeah no no it's it's more just for like say if, if you and I are squatted or when we're just hanging out and I yeah. give you a correction yeah yeah albeit to be honest because you run a stupid F class scope on your on your tech A one um I can give you a wind hold and, and just mill, give me an inches call me mill. <laughs> Yeah, the sooner that thing goes, the better. No, nope. anyway. Nope. Although, yeah, and now that I'm beating you again, I can start bagging it. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, no, nothing more dangerous. Nothing more yet. dangerous than yesterday's success, Graham. That is true. You're you're still the one who's won, and I haven't. So. Fair enough. Yeah, and we're still both bad at rimfire. So. Righto. Anyway, let's move on. The Titan looking good initially, so I'm happy with that. Um, the next one is basically following on from the 33XC because the guy the the effort that makes that is is it Peterson Brass who you know so and I've heard a lot from people when I've been going to shoots and that sort of thing you know for a lot of their competition if they're scratching around the ground digging holes and trying to hunt down brass it's normally because it's something like Peterson Brass or maybe normal or something else so Graham what's the deal with Peterson brass uh, oh just a high quality consistent brass um, so a, a lot of the yeah, brass again I'm no expert in this, this why field at all. Graham that's what we why? get you that's why we pay you the big bucks yeah um, you'd be you'd be shocked at how little I make from this gig well, that's <laughs> um, what we no, pay so, we pay you nothing I'm saying but you know yeah okay um, so a lot of a lot of brass will get will be sort of bulk hunting type ammo brass you know so yeah 
Um, like I'll be, I was playing with the Winchester Brass, trying to get that to work okay uh, for the three and win mag extreme long range project that's slowly kicking off here. Um, and it's just, um, it was springing back inconsistently, and when I was trying to size it down, and uh, and because we're talking about um, bumping shoulders back like two thousandths of an inch, and whereas you wouldn't exactly, whereas you wouldn't be really that concerned for hunting ammo, um, we need to be consistent. Now I. I've just got an AMP annealing machine, and yes, I know that could potentially fix the issue, but I've got some Norma brass. Just Explain that to me. The AMP? You're talking to a retard. Okay, so AMP, is a, it's a annealing made perfect. It's a New Zealand made um, annealing machine. So um, every time you, you fire or um, run your brass through a die, uh, you're work hardening it, so you're changing the, um, the structure of, of, of the, the alloy blend. Um, which hardens and so every time you use it it's got a different neck tension essentially it's it's it's, it's yeah it's changing how the brass works so hmm. by annealing it you take it back to its um original state now the amp is considered around the world to be the premier machine very popular yeah um incredibly popular expensive machines um but they have a thing called aztec mode and what that does aztecs you know they used to sacrifice every poor bugger so this sacrifices a piece of brass. You put the piece of brass in and it eventually cooks it to death. But what it's doing, it's like it's a little laboratory. It's analyzing the brass and figuring out its its, its, its makeup, its, its buildup. Um, and so it knows. So when you come back around, you go, yep, I'm doing marks three through eight Lapua brass. And it knows the exact buildup of your brass, uh, the metallology metal of it. And it will cook it to the exact... Um, temperature and time that it needs to return it to its say a perfect state or, or a near perfect state for reloading shut up so, <clears throat> yeah, how, so many, how many rounds does one do one at a time really you just poke it in and it does it and you take it out it's pretty quick my god so we have to we'll have to speaking of that we have to buy some specific holders for each size cartridge we've got but um that's cool. We're going to buy a heap of those all the guns to shoot but the idea is if we're going to so with your 338 we're going to do it every single time so we're going to, you know, check the length, anneal, everything. And um, so because the idea is to shoot it such a long way, we want it to be exactly the same every time. Now, if it was just a basic field gun, I wouldn't really care that much. Yeah, I think I've heard you on another field podcast, I think. Um, basic field guns yeah. with Mark. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, don't like, care about annealing. God. <laughs> Because we're chasing in this 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 new thing we're playing around with the extreme degree of accuracy. Yeah, correct. So like, we're going to talk about the factory ammo, but mm. you get to a certain point, and then you've got to make huge investments and huge changes in process to get tiny gains in performance. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's 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 just the the love of the the, the sport and the results. I guess that drive you to do these all these extra things. Getting the um, tiny percentage increments. Yeah. Yes, for a huge monetary input, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so so that's the idea behind that. Now the Winchester, um, uh, also the volumes are inconsistent. The case volumes, even that it's fired to the chamber, right? So it matches the gun. But yeah. so I've got some Norma, and I'm hoping to um, get that a lot more consistent than the. Um, so I've been blazing away with a bit of Sarco ammo, but they reckon that brass is really good. So that's why I've sort of persisted yep. shooting it because then I'll end up with quite a bit of sarco brass so um yeah and like so you've got la pua for your three through eight yeah um, you've got you've got a lot of it now yeah um probably throw the federal brass away we probably won't use that for <laughs> <three through eight. laughs> 
any loaded ammo oh, three come on. Two. <laughs> soft points and three straight up for magnums not a good idea <clears throat> but anyway um, that was my, yeah, so, my possum control now as for like um, and so so okay Peterson's got heavy quality control yeah uh, it's meant to be extremely consistent weight wise etc um, so and it's it's not a hugely mass produced brass like say your, your Hornaday or, which yeah. isn't a bad brass but it's still not Peterson now one thing is I run Peterson in several setups we're using it in the 280 Ackley we, we're using it in the 260 Remington that might be it and um one thing I have noticed uh, that you don't have an issue with Lapua, but you do with Peterson, is you have to deburr all the necks and everything as it, when it's brand new. Um, so you just got to take that a little bit extra time just to clean up all the necks and um, and the fl- and the primer flash um, <clears throat> the flash holes um, because there are burrs on them. And if, if you don't pick up burrs on the inside of your neck when you insert your cartridge, um, obviously that's going to affect neck tension in a way. But it's also going to scratch and damage your projectile. Um, again, hunting 100 meters doesn't matter a frick. But when you're trying to shoot out past a mile or to a mile, um, it's those little things that are gonna gonna get you there. Hopefully. Um, well, that's good. That segues into our yeah. Whether that's correct is another thing. People no doubt topic. will have different ideas. Oh no, they'll yeah. they'll correct you, Graham. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so my topics, uh, something actually precision related, was um, factory ac- ammo accuracy. Mm-hmm. How good is it, and how much has it changed? Because, oh, basically, it's maybe a rhetorical question. Because I mean, there's a fair bit of factory ammo out, out there now, which is pretty damn good and consistent. And I'd say for ninety percent, and I go for my own experience. So, say if I was using American Gunner Hornady ammo that I bought fifty round boxes of in a competition, occasionally you get one that just goes, you know, over there sort of thing and you know from your trigger pull and all that sort of stuff that it wasn't necessarily your shooting per se so Mm -hmm. the variability so but from what i gather a lot of manufacturers now the manufacturing facilities are a lot better a lot more upgraded from what they were um are putting out some pretty good ammo which consistency but you know down to a certain degree it's only going to be so good and that's where i was wondering where does hand loading kick in which sort of comes off what you were talking about previously with annealing and that sort of thing so yeah so where to start where to start yeah so factory ammo compared to say when i got into when i first got into precision shooting i think there was hornaday with only real ones and federal um gold medal match which personally i've never had a lot of luck with um yeah because I, I just i thought i looked at some of those rounds i thought they were marketing based <laughs> rather yeah. than actual performance um i've just seen a lot of stuff with the word match on it that shot <laughs> like a piece of crap basically so yeah so so hornaday have, have, have sort of set the bar when it comes to factory yeah match ammunition now there are some <clears throat> i did find and we shot it through your gun the other day and worked very well um some older holiday match super performance which is like the faster super performance powder yeah um, it was two to three didn't yeah. really run that well no now i and this was ear uh, the amax bullet so the, the the what was is now the um, eldm with a different tip so it was a bit old obviously <laughs> been in the shop for a while but um 
as for the Hornaday, the modern Hornaday match, the white box stuff, and their precision hunter loads, um, especially in, I mean, it always gets bought up, but the Creedmoor, both the 6.5 and the 6mm, the design of the cartridge is um, like similar to a 223, 223 in the way that it's inherently accurate and yep. not particularly picky. No. Like, you know, most 223s are very easy to shoot uh, accurately with most ammo, except your one. And ah, um, but I think I've got some over that, just as a yeah. slight side. But the the barrel twist and the length of the barrels, some of these longer barrels with lighter ammo tend to overspin them. So that you know that's a thing. But but you may disagree. Yeah. No, no, no. If it's, it could, could be end up becoming out slightly unstable from being over stabilized, maybe. Because a lot of the fa- I've, I've not played with it. The lot, a lot of the fa- well, So you go back to where this stuff was developed, like America, where you got fast twist, um, one seven, one and eight barrels, right for thirty three. But yeah. they're often um, 12, 14, 16 inch barrels. So because yeah. they're on ARs, right? So but less of an issue. But if you go out to twenty to twenty two inches. With that twist rate on light ammo, it can be a problem. So, okay, yeah, just yeah, just a thing. Anyway, carry on. Um, what was I saying? So, like the the, the creed the Creedmoor is the beauty of the Creedmoor is that it, it like it works all the freaking time pretty much. So you can I could buy nearly insert whatever brand you like six five Creedmoor. I could buy Hornaday Match, and I'm going to be confident that I can shoot minute of angle five shots inside one inch. The velocity spread's going to be probably under 30 feet per second, depending on the gun yeah. uh, and what batch you've got. And I'm pretty confident I can put that together and shoot it out to 1,000 metres in a matter of an hour, right? So, And that's not just being cocky. That's, that's, that's simple, and it's a known quantity. We know the chamber specs for the Creedmoor are good. We know the, the barrels have got the usually a 1 in 8 twist, so the correct twist rate for uh, like a 140 uh, projectile. And the ammo is a known quantity, so... Um, we but know we can get it done now with 308 it might not be that simple no um to pick because you know there's a million 308 chambers and... but that's where when you extend the range out and you're starting to get out there then suddenly being able to reduce the group size by a quarter you know on what it was suddenly makes a big difference in terms of potential numbers of hits on a plate out at whatever a thousand twelve hundred meters you know that's oh for sure and which is you if you stick like really, if you if you can hold minute of angle at, at 100 meters consistently, not not shoot that one little tiny group you put a picture on the internet of, <laughs> That's right. like the one I sent you the other day. Oh, of course. Oh, god, that was so <laughs> great. No, but best gun in New Zealand. Was a good group. That's something that happened last week. But anyway, um, really for for practical field shooting, I'm not talking F class. I'm not talking full bore or anything. Yeah. For the practical field shooting, the stuff we like to do, minute of angles what you need to be honest 1.5 moa for hunter class you're probably going to be okay um but yeah it's in a field type scenario guys aren't holding down quarter minute groups no uh, now okay now that we've 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 put on the uh our thousand meter and one mile um side event okay now you need to be knowing what your gun's doing correct for sure yeah but those are a, those are a not a side show but they're a they're a small sort of little side thing to entertain the guys, you know. Whereas for, for the main competitions, if I can, if that Creedmoor is going to give me five shots in an inch, that's all I need. Now, generally with proper fundamentals and good trigger control, you can shrink that down uh, a lot. But um, yeah, 
So, so the, the thing is, should we when should you sort of stop using that factory ammo and and start using uh, hand loads if you've got the skill and equipment to do so? If I'm shooting any one of our our events or GPRE events, I will happily shoot a six five Creedmoor or a six mil Creedmoor for that matter with Hornaday match or precision hunter ammo. Uh, so our event goes out to just over a K. Yeah, eleven eleven fifty or something. Quite a lot more than I told everyone. Um, that's ammo's still going to be probably just good enough, and I'll, I'd happily shoot it. Um, now, when it comes to shooting the mile, uh, I with the six five Creedmoor, I was. I mean, that barrel's gone now, but developing a hand load that was incredibly consistent because at that distance, I need my velocity to be um, incredibly consistent, just so yeah. I'm not getting vertical stringing and shots high and low. I mean, relative. So I think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of mission orientated. What are you trying to achieve with that cartridge? Now, there's some people that will just hand load religiously, um, even if they're only going to shoot 20 rounds a year out of their hunting guns. So it is what it is. But um, you will not save money reloading, in my opinion. Not if you want to do it seriously or climb down the rabbit hole of precision reloading um you end up just buying new bits of kit and extra dies and different bushings and annealing machines and better presses and better scales and this and that and the other thing and um yeah and there's a learning like, like, there's a learning curve too yeah yeah and, and and you don't just get behind a press and know everything straight away um like i'm learning things all the time um and, and I, i'd only consider myself a sort of average a, maybe slightly above average reloader but i can load some okay ammo but yeah I'm but that, that's where it splits it. it basically it does you've got to realize that um yeah you can be an exceptional reloader and average shooter or an excellent shooter and an average reloader but <clears throat> to get the both sorted is quite an investment in time and it's a lot to learn so it's, it's mm. yeah it's not so easy which I've, oh, I've learned the hard way because you think oh yeah piece of piss but um <clears throat> yeah you've seen some of my reloads <clears throat> which have yeah, trouble yeah, closing yeah, the bolt moving on from much reloads no but you're right it's it's this is the thing too so you could be um an average shooter, which a lot of Kiwis are average shooters in my opinion. The average Kiwi hunter is not particularly good at shooting. Um, but or, And you spend all this time reloading, shooting groups at 100 metres. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to any, let's say stressful situation, but a technical shots required or multiple technical shots or this, that and the other thing, you're not very good. Now, if you have a 6, six mil creed more or something, or a 243, something with like a 1500 round barrel life of peak accuracy and you spend 800 rounds on the range doing load development and then you're still an average shooter but you've got a super accurate gun but you cannot use it um so i should say it's um a super precise gun yeah it's not accurate yeah right you know the difference yeah so precise being that it does the same thing right precision precise yeah i'm pretty, pretty sure I got it the wrong way right way but it's not accurate right because you're not hitting where you're intending to hit now the gun could probably do it but what you've got set up either your system or your own uh, range of skills aren't allowing it to be accurate so it's precise yet not accurate so um i think 
for a lot of guys, settle on a minute of angle, settle on like 25 feet per second of um, velocity spread, and practice. Practice natural point of aim, practice trigger control, practice breathing, and then start practicing alternate positions if you want to shoot practical or field style shooting. Um, but yeah. Uh, Which is where I started, again, to, th- I started to think. Um, for a lot of people, I'd spend all the money you may plan to do on on reloading on buying a shitload of ammo and actually practicing a lot and getting good you at spend it. more than that mark you're out of control <laughs> you're nearly as bad as angus <laughs> no but i'm just saying if if you brought a heap of factory ammo and blazed away with it to actually improve your shit you know get some actual practice your serious practicing i think you'd do better than reloading for a start that way so yes i i I think that's a a viable thing and we've also got these these like these factory ammos from from sarco and hornaday and um yeah yeah. and select others that allow you to be accurate at distance now it's not not like it was 15 years ago when i was a kid you know i was buying ammo but you know what i mean there wasn't these like all the ammo was like round nose freaking um soft points and it was made to shoot deer only at 100 meters or 200 meters um and it wasn't ballistically capable of um being being precise at yeah it was a retail well, fa- not a retail quite. factory from military production so just yeah and, and i mean no i'm not saying you can't shoot soft point a long way but low bc means you need a lot more a lot more elevation etc but but yeah so I've, i think um for, for practical field shooting if you can get factory ammunition at an affordable price i like it like we you and i shoot a lot of 6.5 creed factory yeah um, t- to the point like every two weeks I give away 100 pieces of brass um, but I've got to stop that now because I've got a new plan but um, bulk reloading now if you're wanting to sh- bulk reloading yeah bulk reloading um, now if you're wanting to shoot extreme long range and chase that rabbit like we uh, are as one of our little missions um, then then that um, precision hand loading uh, with a cartridge to suit your rifle specifically um, that's where it really comes into its own um which comes to yeah, my conclusion, yeah. where I think yeah, really, you end up basically with um, you need a good supply of bulk ammo that's pretty accurate for training, practicing, or general use, and then yeah, get some quality loads built yourself that are that are ideal for competition. So you know, so good. we've been talking about this in the background a bit. So I'm yeah. planning in the stages. I'm going to set up a. I'm going to, oh, and there's been number four, and, and a lot of people don't like it, and a lot of people like it, but a semi progressive way of reloading 6.5 Creedmoor. Bel- um, Belmont Taranaki. Belmont Taranaki. Um, <laughs> no, but just so, so, just for like me and Mark. Sorry, and Belmont. And don't worry. We, we want to, you know, for the idea is that we buy our powder in bulk, four kilo tubs, we buy our projectiles in bulk, um, and we come up with a load on the progressive that is. Um, I'm talking like the thr- the powder and everything being thrown in the progressive. So I'm yeah. I'm, I'm I'm looking into powders that throw better and and ma- um, manual throwers. Um, so like a ball powder rather than a stick powder and etc. And then the idea is that we we've got that much uh, cream or brass. We polish it up and we um, we we come up with some way of loading it in bulk quickly. Because um, at the moment, um, I mean there's shortages on components, but we've got to limit ourselves a bit so if we can pre-order you know freaking 20 pounds of powder or, or something and then yeah 3,000 projectiles at a time between a couple of us and that's our year's um, ammo for that gun or something along those lines that's the idea whether it works we'll see but um, it's we've already, I've already got stuff coming for it um, 
I'm again trying to save money, but I'll end up spending several thousand dollars setting up a, a way of doing it. But um, but but also Mark made a comment earlier um, about if you value your time, it's not really free. I think he said it something along those no, lines. So exactly. If you if you're but so I do my reloading generally after nine o'clock at night. So the little ones in bed, I'll, I'll spend some time with my lovely wife, and then I'll head out in the shed till like midnight. Yeah. Um, and so that time is this time I could be spent either um, with my family, my wife, or sleeping. So I, not that I have trouble sleeping anyway. But so I value that time, right? So if I can bring that down to say half an hour, or like twenty minutes to load that hundred rounds, yeah. or and I can't or bring just, in I can't bring in seasonal reloaders due to COVID nineteen. So I, no, we we can't get overseas labour. No, so we're gonna have to do it ourselves. We have but, to do um, it ourselves, Graham. <laughs> But yeah, but, but when it comes to like my six mil creed for like matches, that's going to be like hand trickled. Um, like it's going to be like four or five hours to load 100 rounds. Yeah, but you're also not going to shoot a lot of ammo out of that gun ever, per se. Do you know what I mean? No, but, that's the idea behind the 6.5. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it becomes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and I mean, and then like, again, 338s or 300 win mags or or whatever um they'll they're all hand loaded whereas the um the six i created probably 223 are going to be loaded um uh progressively or at least semi-progressively um so yeah i guess it's just finding that acceptable result now if we can have this so so the idea is right you got you got american gunner heaps of us run it it's good enough in every gun pretty much so if i can this load i come up with is good enough in these two or three or four creed moors yeah um this this is the idea and, um, and we'll probably run a projectile that crosses over from uh, precision competition to hunting as well because quite often we'll be setting up to shoot um some targets or something and there'll be a mob of goats or a pig will walk out so it's quite handy having that uh, that capability to take a, a game animal yeah um but again that comes down to what projectiles we can get in bulk so anyway watch the space well in the next six months hopefully that's all up and running um, yep but i'm not selling you buggers am i it's just for us <laughs> our personal use but um that's good yeah. does uh, that kind of answer your question Mark? yeah no it's 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 sort of um i guess where i was coming from I was sort of doing some bit of like anything you get in a rabbit hole researching stuff and um if you get into reloading, it's you've got to get pretty seriously into it to get some gains now because of the factory ammo is pretty good. So what I'm saying is you've got to get good enough that you're getting those small percentage gains, you know, in, in, in your reloads. Um, otherwise, you're just really producing a another close to factory type accuracy round sort of thing. So, so there's a learning curve. And you learn a lot. And some people love that learning curve and you know be able to, to juice up their own rounds put it that way so um i don't think that's cool but it's just interesting it's probably not for everyone and that's where you got to think about all well, you know <clears throat> if you end up getting your gun sorted for a cheaper round for practice and a good either factory or reload match ammo for um for competition then you're away laughing sort of thing so it's not necessarily cheaper to just always go down the rabbit hole of reloading is the only way to go so especially now that the fact that a lot of the manufacturing of this ammo is a lot better than it ever used to be so 
There's also, I mean, there is a, a couple of advantages I should have touched on too. Is, um, obviously, you can tune a load to your gun exactly. Correct. Yeah. Generally, factory ammo is a little bit conservative speed wise. Um, so a lot of hand loads. Will I wasn't going to go another. there. Well, I just keep well, no, pouring no, more powder down the neck until it blows up. <laughs> no, but, but you can have uh, different powder choices, projectiles. You can get a little bit more speed. Yeah. Um, but read your manuals um, and, 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 and work up to a higher load. Never, never work backwards so ah. um, and, and get a manual hey i just to be honest i just run the hornaday manual got a few other ones but the hornaday one i quite like it's simple it's got a lot of info in it yeah. including all the old random shit that i play with um but yeah other than that but i mean it's interesting though like because you've sort of got some set up for reloading and now the plan is for me to do a lot of your precision stuff so um and, and you like the factory options um so we're polar opposites on that spectrum for the most part yeah um it's just the way it is Although you've saved my ass a few times. No, you. it's because when early on you said if you're going to think you're going to save money, you don't don't bother because you won't. So it's like, no, oh, okay. Yeah, and you keep the local um, firearms community uh, retailers afloat with your large ammo purchases. <laughs> so they they rely on you too much now for you to stop. Apart from the Hornady two to three bought, which doesn't go off, but you know, <laughs> if you want some, I've got five hundred rounds. Going cheap. <laughs> no, going. Relative to the market in America, <clears throat> cheaper. Oh, so about nine hundred dollars <laughs> per right. box. It's just doubled in price. Yep. All right, no, I think that's good. That's pretty much um, episode twelve, almost wrapped up. Um, yes. Yeah, so other than that, um, I guess we've actually just set a date for tentative date for our field shoot in the middle of winter. Yeah. Um, which was the sixth of July, was it seventh of July? No. Now you wait. <laughs> Third of July. Third of July. We've had a bad night of calendars. I should have brought up the correct page. July. Tentatively. July. July. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday the third. Yeah. Um. So that. Uh. Yeah. So that's a couple of three weeks after the Tokara Twenty Two shoot. Day before the fourth of July. Yes. Correct. If you're a uh, mathematician, a American, and you think. Yeah. Um. <laughs> if you can add. Okay. One plus one. Could, no. Three plus one. <laughs> no, oh. anyway, it's just not on the yeah, so, so that's our mid-year event. Um, it's a pretty cool event too. It's it's quite. Um, there's a lot of shrubs and shit, and um, hopefully we can get an old Land Rover as a prop as one of our plans. But we'll see what happens there. Um, other than that, I think any last thoughts could be a new defender, a brand new one, <laughs> brand new defender. Should we get B1's uh, Land Cruiser. Correct. That'll be. Oh. Smash the windscreen out of it. It's a couple there, actually. Yeah, he wouldn't mind. No, no, it has to be a safari style one. For, okay, uh, right. Public relation reasons. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So do you, want um, a, you, want a, you want a giraffe poking at the top? When you say safari style. We could do. I think we just theme it as um, okay. pigs or antelope. All right. Anyway, and my social media tip of the week is if if you've had a problem with a gun company, um, don't always keep posting that their product sucks. Maybe just you know, work it out with them rather than continuously slagging off someone about their. You've product. not been on the internet for long, have you? Mate? No, true. What am I saying? I'm, I'm farting against thunder there. Oh well. <laughs> farting against thunder. Yep. That'll be another another T-shirt. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think it's thunder. That's Graham's yeah. reloads. <clears throat> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, anyway, all right, everyone. Uh, Righto. Everyone, be safe. Raw. 
don't shoot your fucking mate. Yes. Um, you know, take a high-vis vest in your bag, shoot a deer, you're carrying it out because you're a hero, put it over the deer, um, identify your target, don't be fucking stupid, don't be pissed And um, if you're handling firearms. Anyway, uh, be safe, yep. um, take a PLB. Just and, dial it down a few levels, just yep. chill out. Yeah. And, and also dial your scope back. Yeah. Minimum power. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, be safe. We don't, you know, everyone's antsy. They haven't shot for a couple of years at the raw, so yeah, don't fuck it up. Right. All right. See you later, everyone. Right.